0: Good morning and welcome to our uh, special online Christmas Day service. It is so great to be with you here this morning. On behalf of Jane and myself and all of the leaders here at Infuse Church, we want to welcome you to this special service. I pray that you've had a really great start to the day. I know that I have. I bought my own Christmas present and uh, I'm going to be enjoying that uh, over the weekend. It's uh, a good book that I'm looking forward to reading. So I pray that you've had a really great start to uh, your Christmas as well. I pray that you have a really great uh, Christmas period as well with your family and friends and that it's something that you remember for all the right reasons uh, at this time. Right now, I'm going to uh, launch into the message. I know that uh, this is something God's put on my heart and I pray that it blesses you as you listen to it as well. So I'm going to start uh, by reading a passage of scripture out of Matthew chapter 2 and verses 1 to 12 out of the NIV, 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 NIV version. So this is what it says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 3 says, When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the chief people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this was what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, called the magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him." Verse 9 says, after that they'd heard the, the king, they went on their way and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. another route. I'm just going to pray for the message right now. So just perhaps close your eyes and bow your heads uh, right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for putting it on my heart. I thank you for helping me to put this together. And I pray that right now the words that I speak would go into the people's hearts, would encourage them uh, to live the, the greatest life, that we can take things from these wise men about how to live and how we can uh, approach Jesus and how we can live our lives to the greatest. I pray that it blesses them. I pray that it brings transformation into their minds, into their hearts and the way that they live. I pray that in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. Amen. The the story of uh, these wise men is a story that's shrouded in mystery. Uh, from tradition we know or uh, 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 seem to know all the details about these these wise men. However, as you begin to study the Bible, we find that there's questions that we simply can't answer about these wise men. For example, how many of them were there? Oh, we don't know. Uh, well, where where do they come from? Uh, again, we don't know. Uh, how long did their journey take? Uh, guess what? Uh, don't know. So it seems like they, they mysteriously show up and then they just as mysteriously, they go. But there's one thing that I'm really certain of, and that is that the number of wise men and wise women has increased since that time as people continue to seek after the Christ, after Jesus throughout time. So this morning what I want to do is to, to help us to see three things that we can learn from the story of the wise men. Number one, the first thing that we can learn is that the wise men's journey was one of faith. Their journey was a journey of faith. In chapter uh, 2, verse 2 of the passage that we've been looking for, it says here, The wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. See, the question I ask myself, what would prompt anyone to leave the comfort of their home and to go on a dangerous journey? Would romance absolutely would 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 wealth do that would we go on a journey to to gain wealth absolutely we would but faith yes faith we would do that uh, in in the pursuit of of our faith we'd go on this journey for faith so they say where is he who has been born the king of the jews that's a really great question there's no doubt that they believed that christ had been born the question was where is he They'd seen the star. The evidence was real. Now, where is Jesus? They had faith that he was alive, that he existed. Now all they needed to do was to find him. Their purpose was established. Find Jesus. And isn't that the same sort of purpose that we have in our lives as well? Maybe as Christians, but also to help the people around about that don't know Christ, that they don't know about Jesus, we can help them find him as well. And that's a part of the pursuit that we have as a a church. We want to encounter God. We want to encounter Jesus. In other words, we want to find him in ever greater measure and different ways to live our lives, to live them to the max. So we understand that there's this journey of finding Jesus. They were willing to risk everything to find Jesus, to leave the safety of their home, to risk a dangerous journey to seek Jesus. Can you imagine perhaps some of these wise men's friends and the conversation that they would have had just before they left to go on this journey? You know, some of their friends might have gone up to them and said, you know, are you going on a journey? These guys say, yeah, we're going on a journey. Well, where are you going? The wise men say, Actually, we don't really know. Uh, Well, how far is it? Uh, Actually, don't know the answer to that question either. Well, how long are you going to be on this journey? And they'd say, you know what? Don't know the answer to that question either. And I can imagine their friends saying, you know, for for wise men, you don't seem to be too wise in what's going on. I mean, you don't have to be switched on about what's happening here. So they probably said the same thing like to to Abraham when he's been told by God to go on this journey to to the promised land. You know, the the same sort of questions and things that were being said to them. They probably said the same thing. Noah's friends said to him, why are you building the ark? Actually, you know. It's just strange I am, you know. Uh, they, They probably said the same things to Peter, Andrew, John and James when they left their fishing nets to become fishers of men. These friends probably said things like, are you crazy? Are you nuts? I mean, what are you drinking in your goat's milk? What have you added to it? You know, like, are you absolutely, like, thinking with the right head? But these men weren't crazy. They weren't out of their minds. They were men of faith. That's what they were. They were people of faith and God's journey always involves faith. If I can encourage you to, today that, you know, if God's got you on a journey, walk that journey with faith in God because if He's called you to do this, He will sustain you. He'll give you the power to do it. He'll call, He'll give you the equipment that you need to succeed in what you're doing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why is that? It's because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So we are called to be a people of faith, to walk in faith, to live in faith, to live out God's purposes for our lives in faith. So in this coming year that we've got, just like, just over the hill, over the, the couple of Sundays time, in this coming year, how will you walk in faith with God in this coming year? Will you go on a journey in this coming year of walking in faith with God because I guarantee you it's a journey that you will never regret because it's something that will stretch you. It'll draw out the potential of your life and you will see God move. I guarantee that you will see God do things in your life as you step out in faith. The second thing that the wise men's journey tells us and we can learn from is that their journey was one of worship. They were on a, a journey of worship. When the wise men came on their journey, it was to worship. They brought with them gifts of gold, frankincense, oh sorry, frankincense and myrrh. You know, these gifts had a lot of symbolism that's associated with them. Gold represents wealth. It's a gift that's fit for a king. Jesus is the king of kings. Frankincense, it's 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 derived from the sap of a tree. It's dried and it's hardened and then it's used as incense to worship God. It's it's a gift to recognize his deity. In other words, that, that Jesus is the son of God. And then we look at myrrh. Myrrh is a fragrant perfume that's used to anoint the dead. It's to embalm and to preserve them. So it tells us that Jesus was seen as the sacrificial lamb of God. But there's more to worship than gold and frankincense and myrrh. See, worship, if, if I've ever learned anything, worship always involves sacrifice. It always involves sacrifice. There's a pa- a price to be paid for uh, these wise men's worship. It was something they, they paid a price to be able to do that. They'd given themselves to a journey, an uncomfortable and a dangerous journey. That The wise men had sacrificed their own comfort and their safety to find the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to worship Him. Listen to what King David says in the Old Testament about sacrifice. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24, it says, I won't offer to the Lord my God burnt offerings. That cost me nothing. In other words, he wanted to to sacrifice to God. He wanted to give something to God, but it was not something that he wanted to, to be a freebie. He wanted it to cost something. He wanted to invest himself into that. Romans tells us another way. It says in Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you... Brothers, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. See, to truly worship requires sacrifice. The greatest gift, the greatest sacrifice that we can give to God is ourselves. It's us. We say that, you know, but I have nothing that I could give to God today. Well, yes, you do. You have everything to give to God, even like today. Let's think about today maybe. We've given him something of ourselves. We have given to him the time to be online for this message. You've taken time out of the, the celebration of Christmas on Christmas morning to spend time in the presence of God watching this podcast or this uh, this uh, this message. See, each Sunday morning. We get up. We get dressed and we go and we search out for King Jesus. We get into our cars, we use our petrol, and we come to church. We Many of us give generously to God through our tithes and our offerings. We give into the kingdom of God. Many of us give through serving. We're part of a team. We're we're part of what goes on in church here, but we're serving our employers. We're serving our families as we do that. We're, We're giving something of ourselves. We gave our word to our friends, telling them, about Jesus' unfailing love. It costs us to do something like that. There's a price to pay in our, our worship to God. So when we did this, we became living sacrifices. The efforts that we take to worship God is our sacrifice to him. But here's a fact I want us to remember today. What God wants most is us. It's our heart. It's our devotion. It's, it's who we are. It's, it's, it's our affection. The question we have to ask ourselves is, what are we willing to give Jesus today? As we just take some time to think about this, what are we willing to give Jesus today? Are we willing to give him our best? Are we willing to give up our comfort zones and to follow Jesus? Are we willing to go on a spiritual journey to worship Jesus? Are we willing to speak about his love and his grace and his forgiveness to others around about us? See, the wise men were, are we? Are we willing to pay a price to worship Jesus today? The third thing I want to bring out of this passage today is this, the wise men's journey was one of change. There was change that happened in this journey. In verse 12 of the passage we've been looking at, it says, uh, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. They went home a different way. They didn't go back the same way because Jesus had them, or God had them on a journey that that, that brought change to their journey, brought change to the way that they, they traveled for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. See, it's it's interesting that after they worshipped Jesus, that they wouldn't go back the same way uh, that they'd come. Uh, This is still true today. I'm not sure if you know this, but once we've met God, we're never the same again. He touches our lives in such a way that he changes us. Changes the way that we live, our attitudes. He changes the way that we interact with other people. He changes our outlook in life. He changes us. There's there's a change that happens when we come to Jesus. We don't live the way that we did anymore. You see, uh, it, it, it's it's a, an encounter with God changes everything. I believe that with all my heart, it changes us, it changes our circumstances, it changes our relationships, it changes our workplaces, our schools and our communities. You can't have a church in a community and it doesn't bring change to the community. If, the change is, if there's no change happening in the community, then what's happening in the church? But I believe that this is a church, infuses a church that is having a dramatic impact upon this community. In our community, we're bringing influence. It's not our influence, it's the influence of God. What He's doing in us, he's, we're allowing his, his love and His grace and His forgiveness and his, his peace, His joy to flow through us and flow into our community. That changes a community. I'm not here to pastor a church. I'm here to pastor a community. And that's my belief, that as we come to God, he changes us. He changes everything about us. He always has. it. The, the gospel has changed people's lives. See, as an example, Jacob in the Old Testament wrestled with God. He never walked the same again for the rest of his life. One encounter with God changed the way that he walked. Isaiah stepped into the presence of God and then he proclaimed in chapter 6 verse 5, Woe is me for I am a man undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He was never the same again. Job, he questioned God's, God repeatedly about his suffering. And then when God shows up, Job says this. Job in, in chapter 40 verses 4 to 5 says, I'm speechless. That'll be really good for me, actually, because sometimes I, I, I rub it on a bit. I, I, I wait for the day that I say I'm speechless. Gobsmacked, I think. So I'm speechless, Job says. In awe. Words fail me. I should never have opened my mouth. Have you ever had those moments where you're thinking, you've just said something, you think, I should have shut up then. But this is what Job's saying right here. He's saying, I I should never have opened my mouth. I've talked too much, way too much. I'm ready to shut up and listen. See, Job met God and became a changed man. That's what happens when we encounter Jesus. We're changed. We are different. The wise men were changed when they encountered Jesus. See, one of the things I believe about the Christian life is this that we are transformed to bring transformation, that we are lit up to light up, that we are changed to become agents of change. See, how, do, how does that happen? Well, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we change sickness to health. We change darkness to light. We, we change lack to an abundance. We go into a place and we change atmospheres to reflect the presence of God in a room, in a life and in a situation. We we are agents of change. See, it's Christmas time and we hear these stories of the wise men. They were wise because of they, their faith. They were wise because they'd gone to worship and they were wise because they were changed forever all because of Jesus. All because of Jesus. How about us? Are we looking for change in our life? Can I encourage you? Maybe you've you just tuned into a message. You found it by fluke. I don't believe it's by fluke. I actually believe that God led you to this particular message here on YouTube today. Maybe you found yourself here and you're looking for meaning. You're looking for hope. You're looking for something to bring change into your circumstance. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is that change. Jesus can change your heart in an instant simply by believing that he is the son of God, that he died for you, and that on the third day he rose again. Jesus can change your life. I am not saying that your life is about to get easier because I believe that when we f- start to, to to follow Jesus, that the life is about to get a lot more complicated. But you know what? In walking through that complication, through the, the things of life that we go through, we don't do it alone anymore. We do it with Jesus and we have access to his power, to his presence, to his spirit to his word that helps us to live a life that we can see God glorified in. People will notice the difference in your life. Have you ever felt like you're just talking to someone, there's something different about them, there's there's something good, there's a quality about their life? I bet you if you were to ask them, do you follow Jesus? That nine times out of ten, the answer to that question would be, yes, I do. And you can be a difference in someone else's life as well. See, things are different when we come into a relationship with Jesus. Can I encourage you today? Step out in faith. Seek Jesus as the wise men did. I want to just finish up by saying that Jane and I, we pray that you have a really, really wonderful day today. We pray that this Christmas is an unforgettable Christmas for you, that you're surrounded by the people that love you, celebrate you for who you are, not what you're giving them, but celebrate you for who you are. They love you for all the right reasons. I want you to know that Jane and I, we love you, we believe in you, we care about you, we're praying for you. But there's something better about this. I know right now that God the Father loves you, that he believes in you, that he cares about you, and that he is praying for you right now. Jesus is interceding right now for you. I pray that you have a really, really great Christmas. I've got a great message coming up for this Sunday. Uh, I pray that you're able to join us here at Infused Church, 10 o'clock, uh, for a, a great service. It's a, uh, I believe the message will, will touch your heart. It'll equip you to handle anything in life. Trust me, anything. Anything that comes your way, you'll be able to handle because of what I speak and share about on this Sunday. I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, I pray that you have a really great day. God bless you and we'll catch you real soon. Bye-bye.